0: Brothers and sisters, welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments, and uh, we'll all pray for one another during this time when we seek God's presence. Let's put ourselves in his presence and ask His blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we continue to celebrate Christmas. We continue to reflect on the Incarnation. We continue to do so with the help of Saint John in his first letter. We continue to see the deep pro-life dimensions of this feast because we know the pro-life dimensions of all Your Word and of all the things we hold dear in our faith, all the things we are convinced of. Lord, deepen our pro-life commitment as we now deepen our study of your word. May we understand it more deeply. May we live it more faithfully. May we proclaim it more effectively through Christ, the word made flesh, and our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Children, let no one deceive you. The person who acts in righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Whoever sins belongs to the devil, because the devil has sinned from the beginning. Indeed, the Son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is begotten by God commits sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he is begotten by God. In this way, the children of God and the children of the devil are made plain. No one who fails to act in righteousness belongs to God, nor anyone who does not love his brother. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, there you have it, and I bring this up many times. God is the great divider, right? Jesus came... To unify the people of God, but also to divide them from evil and falsehood and sin. Talk about division. The children of God and the children of the devil are made plain. There it is. The word of God endorses this fundamental division. Anyone who does not love his brother does not belong to God. Well, killing your brother is kind of not loving him, right? And that's why those who advocate abortion do not belong to God. They just don't. You can't say consistently that you are uh, a follower of Jesus Christ or even a follower of God, and you're in favor of abortion, or you think it's okay to kill a baby. Can't do it. Now, those who do do it, do it for the most part because they are deceived, and there is repentance. Obviously, there is repentance. And they become very close to God after they repent. Our whole Silent No More campaign, our whole Rachel's Vineyard program throughout the world, reconciling every day those who have abortions. But the scriptures lay out a clear division here between those who belong to God and therefore love their neighbor and those who don't. You don't love your neighbor, you don't belong to God. And if you're saying it's okay to kill your neighbor, you don't love your neighbor. First point. Second point, you know, John is talking here clearly about the devil. And I want to point out two things here. The devil has sinned from the beginning, he says. From the beginning of what? And we read about this in, in, in the book of Revelation from the beginning of angelic history whenever God created the angels, and then from the beginning of human history, we go back to the first book of the Bible. What happened in Revelation 12, war broke out in heaven. It doesn't say when. It says war broke out in heaven, and some of the angels rebelled against God, but Michael was heading up the faithful angels. Most of them were faithful. And the word Michael means who is like God. That's the battle cry. Because what the devil did in sinning was thinking he could be like God by his own choice. God wants us to be like him, but he raises us up. He lifts us up. It's his choice. Jesus said, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. It's those who humble themselves who will be exalted. And Jesus himself gives the prime example of that. As Paul writes to the Philippians, though he was equal to God, he humbled himself, even dying on the cross, and therefore God highly exalted him. Philippians 2. You see the difference here, as opposed to the one who says, like Isaiah says in chapter 14, he chides the king of Babylon, calls him Lucifer. But he unveils for us here the thinking of the devil. He said, you said I will ascend and be like God. I will sit on the throne by my own choice. How did the devil sin from the beginning? By thinking he could exalt, by his own choice, he could exalt himself to be like God. I'll write my own moral code. I'll decide what's right and wrong. I'll kill the baby if that's what I want to do. It's all up to my choice. You confront these abortion supporters with the reality that abortion is dismemberment and decapitation, and they come back and they say, Oh, but it's my choice. As if that cancels out the fact that it's murder. Oh, but they have such a high opinion of their own choice, they think it does cancel that out. God saved these people. The devil sinned from the beginning by exalting himself. And then we see when he gets cast down to the earth and at the beginning of human history he comes into the garden and tempts Adam and Eve. What does he say to them? You will be like gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, write your own morality. It's all up to your choice. The pro-choice is the original sin. It's all up to your choice. So the devil is a sinner from the beginning, but the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. What works are those? Well, Jesus says in John chapter 8 that the devil is a liar and a murderer. He lies when he says to our first parents, you can be like God. You certainly will not die. You can write your own moral code. You can be your own master. That's a lie. That's the fundamental lie of pro-choice. The fundamental lie of self-exaltation. Obviously, it goes beyond the issue of abortion, but that's what's at the core of pro-choice. I will exalt myself. That's a lie. And then he lies about everything else. Temptation is a lie. in 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 its essence, what is temptation? It's a lie that makes something evil look good. That's all. So the Son of God came to destroy the lies of the devil. He did that by going to the cross, right? Those who humble themselves will be exalted. He did so by being faithful to the truth that the Father gave him. He said, my teaching is not my own. The devil said to our first parents, no, 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 you you will know good and evil. you be your own teacher. Jesus said, my teaching is not mine." This is Jesus talking. I receive it all from the Father. He said, the Holy Spirit will receive it all from me. Who are we to come along with our own ideas? But what's the other work of the devil? Murder. Jesus said the devil is a liar and a murderer. Jesus came to undo the work of murder. Obviously, I have come that they may have life, he said in John 10. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. And then he says something that really is the same way of saying what John has said here. The Son of God has come to destroy the works of the devil. If those works are lies and murder, how do you destroy them? By truth and life. Truth destroys the lies. Life destroys the murder. So when John says the Son of God came, he was revealed. And we read this reading now at this time of the year because... This is about the revelation of God in the the incarnation and the birth of Christ at Christmas and in the Feast of the Epiphany, which we're about to celebrate on Sunday. Epiphany means revelation. It's the same word used here. If he reveals himself in order to destroy the works of the devil, what does that mean? What destroys lies? Truth. What destroys murder? Life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth to life because he is truth in life he destroys the works of the devil because he destroys the works of the devil he's the way out of our slavery to the devil he's the way back to freedom to the father he's the way for us to be transferred as saint paul tells us we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into his glorious kingdom of light and of life Christmas is a feast of life. It's the feast of being set free. One of my favorite Christmas hymns is O Holy Night, not because of its, primarily because of its musical beauty, but for the same reason that the abolitionists who fought slavery considered it one of their favorite hymns for the words in the verse that says, truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. There it is. There's Christmas. There's Jesus being revealed to destroy the works of the devil. There's the way, the truth, and the life, destroying the lies and the murder. There it is. Chains shall he break. We have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. For the slave is our brother. The abolitionist said, because of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, because of Christmas, because of the Christian gospel, we must set the slave free. We cannot enslave one another. Because that slave is our brother. Not a possession that we have. He's a person equal to the rest of us. He's someone just as loved by Christ as we are, someone for whom Christ would have died if that were the only person that needed to be saved. Christmas obliges us in welcoming the child to welcome everybody else. Pro-choice is incompatible, totally incompatible with Christmas for numerous reasons. Chain shall he break. The chain of abortion that oppresses our unborn brothers and sisters, he breaks Jesus Christ, because he came to destroy the works of the devil, came to destroy abortion. Brothers and sisters, how how on earth can anybody say, number one, that they can be a Christian pro-choice, or like Biden, I can be a Catholic and pro-choice? What in the world planet are you living on? And secondly, how can anybody say that it's inappropriate for the preacher in preaching the word of God to address the abortion issue it's the most appropriate thing in the world as these readings properly understood show us let's pray father we rejoice in the freedom in the life in the truth that Jesus came to bring. We rejoice that somebody came to break the stranglehold that the devil has had over the human family. We rejoice that Jesus, unlike the thinking of the devil who wanted to exalt himself and wants us to exalt ourselves, pro-choice, instead humbled himself, even taking the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men, being crucified between two thieves, him Your Son, You, Father, highly exalted. You bestowed on Him a name that we invoke. as the name above all names. You bestowed on Him a name at which our knees bend and every knee shall bend. In the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth, every knee shall bend, even of those who pierced Him. Every knee shall bend, even of those who pierced the unborn every day. By their practice of abortion, ye shall receive the the worship of all creation. This is Christmas. This is Epiphany. This is the revelation of your love for us. You set us free. You exalt us, Lord God, when we submit to your truth about the sanctity of life. When we embrace not just the baby in the manger in Bethlehem, but every baby and every womb of every mother of all history, our brothers and sisters, the unborn children. We pray for them today, especially those in danger of abortion. We pray for those moms and dads so enslaved to fear that somehow, somehow they feel they can kill their own child. Lord, save them from this mistake And bless all of us who seek to save these babies. Let us never apologize for putting the emphasis we place on abortion. It's exactly where that emphasis and that attention and that priority belong. Because if we don't get this straight, if we don't fix this problem, we will fix no problem. Father, thank you. Hear all our prayers. Answer all our intentions. Meet all our needs, and hear us now as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory Forever and ever, amen. Let's pray to our heavenly mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow with these scripture meditations. Bring others along with you. Let's expand our audience. It's always growing, but you can help us grow it even faster. Thank you. Be sure you're connected with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Hello. I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor Or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.